This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. We talked a lot in our last episode, and so we're doing a part two because we didn't get to everything we were going to talk about, right? I talked a little bit too much, and I kind of went on some preachy monologues, trying not to do that today. So in our last episode, we talked about a combination of things having to do with Simon Sinek's The Infinite Game and a recent podcast on Akimbo where Seth Godin was talking about basically that everything in life we do is some form of game. And we answered two of the questions from that podcast, which were, is this a game worth playing? And am I getting better at this game when it comes to our agencies? Yeah. And right away, when we mentioned Seth Godin and Simon Sinek, that tells me that I'm way, way above my pay grade. And hopefully we can talk in a little more subdued language here and not get into the realm of their complicated brains. We always do a little better most of the time when we get a part two. So let's start with the third question that Seth Godin asked, and that is, is this game helping the people around me? Layman's term definition, are you bearing fruit? Are you developing people? And uh, are you just doing this for maybe your own kicks or maybe you're not developing people, right? Maybe you're not helping those that are around you. And I think it's a great checkpoint to ask yourself as an agency owner. We went through this as insurance agency owners probably in the 80s and 90s and and into the early 2000s. And I really started recognizing this about 12 years ago that there were a lot of agency owners that were making their way to profitability by depressing wages. Wages inside the insurance industry at the CSR account management level have been somewhat depressed for decades. And it was a big thing, in, especially in the 90s. It's just been part of the cycle of being a sales organization and having the sales rock star kind of over here on one side. And then those individuals making above average, sometimes elite pay because they earned it, right? They're the rock star. They're the rainmaker. They're the sales engine. And as a sales organization, that's a very natural thought. But then we have these other individuals over here who take care of the customer and allow those rock stars to continue to produce and grow. And they take care of things. And look, it's one thing I learned the hard way through some turnover is that it's very difficult to replace a really, really good account manager. And once that account manager knows their stuff, once they are kind of in that culture and you find the right one, uh, you need to pay them. And you need to do that in the sense that the cost of replacing them is going to be so much greater than actually just paying them their market price, maybe even a little above market. And that's kind of the pathway I've been on for about the past three to five years around our servicing and account management staff. I heard someone once say that when you're looking at your team members and you think I can't afford to pay them more, then you absolutely can't afford to replace them. I mean, just it's not there. So what's interesting 
interesting about the direction that you went on that and really shows the dichotomy of our minds because you automatically went to our team members where I automatically went to clients and the idea of is this game helping the people around me and my thought process went to are we trying to make the sale or are we trying to help our clients do we really have that heart for servant leadership and making sure that our clients are really protected or is it about getting through it as fast as we can so we can move on to the next one yeah that's understandable my brain naturally is going to go to our people when you say the people around you well as an agency owner the people around me are our staff, our team members, our employees, my leadership team. Those are the people that are around me. It's a very personal question. I think everybody has to apply that to where they are and who they are and what role they play. If I take care of and I develop and I compensate and I grow the people around me, then they are going to take care of the clients and they are going to naturally, that's going to extend through them to our client base. And I firmly believe that. I know that was a huge deal for Herb Kelleher, Southwest Airlines, way back in the beginning. Take care of your people and your people will take care of your customer. And that was just something that was adamant within that culture. And I went through a period of time where I didn't understand that. And so we had this revolving door, especially in personal lines. It was so costly. And then part of the reason we had that is we had a depressed compensation process because we didn't believe we could afford to pay them, as you said earlier. We didn't believe that we could afford to pay a higher pay scale for the servicing staff. It was a challenging environment and a lesson learned environment for me as we have been continuously trying to move away from that into a market or above market pay scale for our people and for a environment and culture that is family first, that is not working a whole bunch of overtime or capacity. Yes, we want our account managers to be at full capacity or near full capacity. We want to audit and we want to challenge them to improve themselves and improve their own ability technology-wise and automation and all of those things that go with it. We want to push that envelope of being able to do more like anybody else, but we do have our mindset sort of capped there that that doesn't mean that we want you to work 80 hours a week. So we want there to be that balance and we want there to be that family time and so forth. Speaking of family time, the question of, is this game helping the people around me? My mind does go to as an agency owner, most people start this because they want a lifestyle change. They want the opportunity to own their own business, but they want to have that idea of a work-life balance that they're being able to spend the time with their families and trying to figure out, is this helping the people around? me, well, am I following through on my promise to my spouse that by doing this, I'm going to be able to spend more time at home. I'm going to be able to be at my children's ball games. I'm going to be able to have date night and all of those things that are so important. That's another side of that that we need to really look at. Are we following through on what we said we were going to do? When I was really young, my mom was a single mom for a few years before her and my dad got married. And 
I need to pay them at least market and hopefully I can afford to get them above market because I want to reward them for being the success that they are. I know it's not always just about compensation, but it does come back to, okay, if they are the single parent, I don't know the other side of that single parent dynamic. I don't know if the other spouse is involved with the kid. I don't know if they can show up to the ball game. And so that's where that whole don't miss a ball game comes in. Don't do that. Don't miss the recital. Just go and take care of your business here and plan for that. And it's just not that difficult to get your head around. Once you make it personal, once you put yourself in the shoes of that account manager, then it's so much easier for my brain to go there and make sense. And I think that's a huge part of, are you helping the people around you? Are you developing the people around you? This is one of those things that has really changed in the last 20 years, because I can remember being in my 20s, not that I was a single mom, but that I was single and that so many opportunities went to people that were married with children, specifically because owners of an organization felt that they needed to make more money or that they were more stable because they were married with children. And so looking at that two decades later and saying, yes, they may be single, but they're still stable and they're working really hard and they deserve these opportunities, I think is one of those changes that's happened in the workplace that's really for the better. One of the most crazy, amazing conversations that I've had, and it's it, it was a negative conversation, was with a solopreneur, agency owner, that was looking at needing to hire their first round of service support staff. The conversation kind of, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but it kind of went down this path. Uh, this agent was generating around two $220,000 a year in commission income. They had reached the tipping point. They actually were way beyond, in my opinion, the place of hiring that first account manager. They were the rainmaker and they were so frustrated at the fact that they were having to do all this servicing business and supporting the customer and client relationship. They just wanted to keep selling and they were all frustrated and they need to do this. And I'm like, well, what are you waiting on? Like, do you not know how to interview? Do you not know how to do this? And literally out of the mouth of this particular agent was, well, I can't afford it. It kind of caught me off guard. And this is kind of where I developed this idea of, look, you can't build your income and lifestyle off of every dollar you generate as an agency owner. Now you could do that as a producer of an agency because the agency itself is going to pay the support staff. But as an agency owner, you have to recognize that if I'm at a point where I'm generating $200,000 a year worth of commission income, then I can't take all $200,000 a year and build my lifestyle around that income level. I have to pay myself a livable wage. I have to create space for hiring this account manager. It's really just what is the lens and how are you approaching this? I was a little bit shocked at that response. I had to take that particular agency owner down that path. And I'm like, look, you can't live this lifestyle yet 
unless you want to stay a solopreneur. Now, if you want to stay a solopreneur, you want to hire a virtual assistant, we can hook you up. We got great partner there and we can do all these different things and we can teach you automation and we can do all these things, but you're still going to have some client servicing interactions. You can go that path and you can keep that lifestyle and keep that 100% of every dollar coming into your pocket. Or you can start thinking about maybe my lifestyle can live on $100,000 a year and I can create space to hire a market level in my area account manager, CSR, that's going to allow me to continue to grow this organization. That's part of the lens we look through and moving and growing from producer to agency owner. The fourth question that Seth Godin asked was, am I glad that I'm playing the game? I love this question. I probably ask this of people, especially young people all the time, maybe to the point that my own children are sick and tired of me asking this question. Do you love what you do? Are you happy? And really, that is all that matters in my view. I know that there are parents and there are parenting comments and conversations of things that I don't appreciate that are like, why would you ever want to be a teacher? Teachers don't make any money. And why would you ever want to surrender to the ministry? You can't make any money doing that. Well, you know what? If God calls you to the ministry and you say no, you're just headed down this life of misery. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. So it's not about the money. Why would you want to go into the insurance business? That's really boring. That's a great point. I love this business. So I have a really, really hard time with the question as an agency owner because I see the importance of it and I saw it at an early age. I saw how important this industry was to the economy and I I still do to this day. You just find your place and you just go, oh, I resonate with that or I connect with that information. And that's what happened to me in college. I mean, it's like the legend of Bagger Vance when he sees the path. That clarity for me was like, wow, this is definitely what I need to be doing. I hope everyone is at that spot that's an agency owner that's in the insurance business. Independent agency ownership and insurance from that standpoint is not a side gig, side hustle, investor owned mindset. It is an owner operator type of a business. And so if you hate it, do the industry a favor and stop, sell your book and go do something else that you love. I know lots of partner agents in the Integra organization that would love to buy your book. I think it's really, really important that we just absolutely can't wait for our feet to hit the ground every morning to get to our agencies and go to work in this industry. We are not saying that you have to like what you do every day because right now there are some tough days within your agency. So we are not at all saying that you're going to love this every single day, but you've got to love what you do. I agree. There's going to be tough days, but how tough would the day be in a market like today if you hated it when it's great, when it's fun? And that's the whole point. I think that even makes the case even more so because when the bad day happens, if you were miserable on the good day, if you didn't like playing the game on the good days, how miserable are you going to be on the bad days? That's a great perspective to bring to the table. There's a reason why you need to love it. And it's a great business. I contend. I may be biased. I know I am biased, but I contend and have contended for years. That's the best owner operator.
operator business in the world. Close second, probably a Chick-fil-A franchise owner. But the problem with Chick-fil-A franchise ownership are the hours and what you got to do there. And their whole model is owner operator. We built our agent partner model after Chick-fil-A. That's kind of our concept there. In a way, we took their concept and applied it to the insurance agency. But think about the hours. Think about what happens in the insurance business, eight to five versus the Chick-fil-A franchise, which is what, like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. in most days. They do get Sundays off, but we get Saturday and Sundays off most of the time. Yeah, but they're starting way before six and they're going to way after nine. Yeah, it's retail, it's food, it's a restaurant. I still contend that what we do is the best owner operator business model in the world. I'm seeing agents that are creating huge, impressive lifestyles around their agencies and businesses. And I don't mean things. I mean travel experiences with their family and their kids and just family friendly. It's just so incredible. And obviously, you know that I'm biased, but I I just think that you just have to love to play this game and know that you get up every day loving what you do. What happens if you get into this business? You have invested fiscally, you've invested time, you've invested emotionally, you've kind of put everything you and your family have worked for and saved into this as an agency owner, and then you are not glad that you did it. I was fiscally, mentally, emotionally invested between the ages of four and 22 in the game of baseball. I loved it. It was everything to me. And I would have given anything to continue to play that professionally and be good enough at it and so on. One lens is self-assessment. First, start with you. Start with who you are. Are you good at this? Be honest with yourself. It's okay. I was not good enough. I hate saying that out loud, but I was not good enough at baseball physically. I was five foot eight. I was not Altuve. I was not going to physically be able to hit with a wood bat at the major league level. I was not going to be able to play defense at the major league level. I was not going to make it. I was maybe going to be a two or three year minor league player and I decided to opt out. It was hard. It was painful. I was so invested and I had to start over. I had to do this differently. And I was fortunate enough that I chose a career and it stuck. I realized that there are individuals out there that get into something, insurance agency business, and they're like, man, this is hard. This isn't working. I'm not successful. Well, maybe it is you, but maybe it's not you. Maybe it's your partner. Maybe it's your agency group, your market access provider. Maybe you're going at it alone and you need to think about joining a group. That happens. And a lot of agency owners have what I call false starts. And I see this a lot out of the captive channels. I see it a lot with with individuals that have owned agencies inside the captive channel and they want to make that leap into the independent agency channel. And they're just like, I'm not going to do this with someone. I'm going to do this on my own. It's a natural thought because you have been doing this 
with a huge brand telling you what to do, how to do it, when to do it for 10 years. And you're like, I'm done with that. I'm not going to do that. So you have this sort of fear or misconceived notion that if you join an agency group, you're going to be doing the same thing. You're just going to have multiple markets. You're going to have somebody telling you what to do, how to do it, when to do it. That's not what most agency groups look like. And there are some that look like that. And so you got to know, you got to research that. But there are other agency groups groups that are extremely supportive. Like their whole role is to be a servant leader for you, to you, with you, and not to be a top-down organization. I know that that is something that is really important to agency owners because it was really important to me. I didn't want somebody telling me what hours my operation needed to be open. I didn't like somebody telling me I had to write so much life insurance by the end of the quarter, or I would never be able to operate like that. And so it could be a combination of things. And I start with, is it you? Because I want you to start there and do a really, really good in-depth self-evaluation. Are you good at this business? Once that answer is yes, then you have to go to the ancillary pieces of, do I have the right partner? Am I in the right model that's going to help me be successful? One of the things I've had to do recently is check the negativity about the industry around me. And what I mean by that is I'm in several insurance Facebook groups right now. And through this hard market, the amount of negative stuff that was being thrown at me every time I opened my social media was really starting to sour me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to check my heart to quote John Christ. And I'm like, is this my mindset or what is putting me here? And I started looking at what I was seeing every day. And what I was seeing were a lot of those Facebook groups that people are cutting each other and talking bad about the industry. And there's so much negativity out there right now within the independent ownership groups that I had to just kind of hide everything for 30 days to see if that's what was affecting me. And I can see on the backside of that, that my thought process is changing. And so it could be that it's not you, but it's what you're reading is making you not feel good about the industry. I love that snooze button on social media. I think that's a Facebook feature now is snooze this person for 30 days. There's a lot to that. That's a great point around just one, choosing your lens. I say that a lot, but also who are you listening to? I think that's a whole podcast in and of itself, potentially. Choose who you're listening to. Watch out and be careful who you're listening to because if you're surrounding yourself with negativity and negative people, get that toxicity out of your life. It's just not necessary. Number one, life's too short for that. You don't need negative people. You don't need someone standing around telling you how big bad the carriers are. You know what? You need the carriers. You need to be a partner with the carriers. Quit complaining about the carriers underwriters and the carriers changing their new business strategy, they're bleeding right 
right now. We've got to help them stop the bleeding. And people say life is short, but it is long when you're miserable. It is long when you're miserable. And I just have never understood that. People probably want to smash me in the face sometimes because I feel like I'm sometimes too positive. But it just isn't necessary to go down that negative path. It's going to be okay. In Southern phrase, it's going to be all right. So breathe in and out. Find new positive influences. Go back old school and listen to some Zig Ziglar recordings. Uh, That dude was Mr. Positive. If you don't know who Zig Ziglar is, for all of my Gen Z friends and and some of my millennials, go research and YouTube Zig Ziglar and you'll be happy that you did. So I think there's just this reset at this hard market cycle and where we are and negativity. We need to do that. And that's one of those things that will help you get up every day and go, I love what I do. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Babe Ruth. You just can't beat the person who never gives up. Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.